The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Episode number 17 of the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored to have you here. How are you doing right now? I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I've been hearing from people who listen to this podcast on an app called CastBox. And when I heard about it, I thought, another podcast app? Do we really need another one? And then I checked out CastBox, and I'm really enjoying it. It's really great. So hello to everyone out there who's listening to us on CastBox. And if you haven't checked out the app, I must say, it's worth looking at. The guest on this episode of the Paul Leslie Hour is Vanessa Perez, and she's a classical pianist, a performing and a recording artist, born in the United States but raised in Venezuela. She's been performing all over, and she has a few albums to her credit. Lately, she's been embarking on this new thing. It's a live performance project called New Worlds. They also have an album out called New Worlds. The guest on the last episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, the German cellist Jan Vogler, is the leader of this ensemble, and it also includes the violinist Mira Wang and the American actor Bill Murray. What New Worlds is, it features recitations of classic American poetry and literature while these musicians are performing classical music pieces. They have a new album out. The album is also just simply called New Worlds, and if you listen to the end of the interview... I'm going to tell you how you can get a free copy, possibly, of the album. With no further ado, here's Vanessa Perez and I. I stayed up all night, and I listened to all three of your albums. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> and it's a great pleasure to present this woman. She's a pianist, a performing and recording artist. Vanessa Perez, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Paul. It's a, it's an honor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank th- you very much. I was interested in the NPR radio report, and it, it was very interesting to me. From the age of five, you wanted to play the piano. To what do you attribute that desire? Well, my mom used to play very well. She She's still alive, but she left it. She had too much uh, stage fright, so she suffered too much while, while performing live. But I would say the mo- is, it is the Moonlight's fault. It's the Beethoven's Moonlight <laughs> fault. <laughs> I heard her play that, and I was in love with it. I, I wanted to play it. She gave me a record, and a, you know, one of those Fisher Price turntables, uh, so, so, so I could play it in my room all the time and I remember being obsessed with it at five just playing the moonlight over and over again and but she didn't want me to uh, take piano lessons uh, for her the whole experience of of becoming a pianist had been too traumatic so um, she she really made me wait for two three years my grandmother would teach me hidden from her she taught me a few things and I guess my mom saw that I, I really was so desperate and so insistent and persistent for two years that she finally gave in. <laughs> and you were born in the United States, 
but yes, mm-hmm. but you grew up in Venezuela. That's right. My parents were studying in Miami. They met in Miami, and they were doing their their college studies here in the states. So I was born while they were attending university in Miami. But then I quickly, uh, but as soon as they graduated, uh, they went back. So I was three, four months old when they returned to to Venezuela. Is Venezuela a very musical country? Extremely musical country. I mean, that's where my, also, aside from my mother, of course, my love for, for music was born there. As you know, uh, through all the orchestras, probably the, the Sistema orchestras that I, I know are now well-known here, and, and, uh, and the philosophy of this uh, creation of having children very involved in music from an early age. For me, I, I mean, this, this was, my normality. I, I went to a school where the slogan of the school, which was not, uh, I, I mean, it was a regular school. The slogan was, there's no culture without musical culture. So we had a theater in, in Caracas, in my school, where we were, it was mandatory to go to classical music concerts every week and folklore concerts too. Uh, so we were all, it was part, part of the curriculum to have a, a strong music-based study. And how did you end up in New York City? <laughs> well, I had many adventures before New York City. I came back, I came to the States. My grandparents were retired here. My grandparents from my father's side. And he was uh, Cuban and my grandmother was Italian. So like many Cubans, he came here before actually the revolution, Castro's revolution and so he was living in Miami, too. So I came to the States. I went to study in Europe. And then um, after my years of studying Europe, I, I wanted to go to the place where I felt there was the highest chance of me developing more my, my music career and where also I happened to have friends because I did my grad school at Yale. So we had a, a nice group of friends that were moving here in 2003. So it seemed like it was the organic move the next move to make. So I ended up coming here, yes, in 2003. Is New York City a good place for an artist to be? Well, for for me, uh, I, I think for many artists will say yes to this. This is, uh, this is still a, a very, I mean, it's diverse. Uh, there's so much variety of what you can find here. There's so many contacts one can make, too, there's so many things that even in my first few years in New York that even though they, they would not happen here, would happen because I was here. People that would hear me and uh, friends. You find amazing support groups in New York for, for the arts. So I feel, I felt that in London too when I lived there. But yes, because of, you find your a big community of artists where everybody is, is doing the same thing and, 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 and making their own path and, and discovering new paths too. And, and I feel this is a, a city with a mentality still open to, to give opportunities for that. How do you view Venezuela now? <laughs> well, Venezuela is in a very sad place right now, as you probably know. So um, I feel there's hope 
but there's so much to do now to reconstruct what has been broken. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I feel, unfortunately, we are, is a, the government is, is too corrupt right now, and, and I don't know if, how the people are going to be able to, to find a way out. Uh, as you know, there has been protests for weeks and weeks, and there's still really nothing really evolving from, from these protests. So I, I really hope soon that ceiling will, will break and, and something will happen. But I really don't know from where. But as long as this is not fixed somehow, I think uh, everybody's dreams are, are shot right now in Venezuela. I mean, the students right now are, are really in the front line trying to, to save the country. So, I mean, I can tell you what it was, which was, I mean, this is a, a place full of wonderful people and, and again, where music is, is a, such a natural language in that country and, and so much warmth and intelligence. So I, I really hope somehow we're able to, is able to be saved. We're joined by pianist Vanessa Perez, how would you describe the kind of music that you like to play? Hmm. <laughs> well, I like everything, Paul. I really do. I, especially now um, with these projects that I'm doing with Bill Murray, I am I'm now navigating, even um, doing rock anthems uh, and other music that I never thought I would perform myself live. I loved it. I love to listen to it, but I never imagined being me, the performer of it, coming from such a rigorous uh, classical training. But so I, I love everything, everything that moves me, that feels real, that comes from, I feel, a place of honesty from the composers or arrangers. And I, I feel, I think, I, I mean, I think so much music moves me uh, I used to have a soft spot more for towards the romantic music, the 19th century. But I, I think all good music moves me. <laughs> You're kind of branching out, you think? Yes, I'm definitely, with this project, I, I feel I'm definitely branching out. Like I told you, we are even doing a, a rock anthem by Van Morrison in this uh in this project with Jan Vogler and Bill Murray and Mira Wang. So I even get to kick the piano bench, which uh, <laughs> a few months ago, that would have been sacrilegious in the, in the piano music world of where I come from. So Bill is definitely taking out us uh, music nerds uh, outside of our box. <laughs> Do you think that classical music maybe needs people to come in and and make it more accessible to the masses? Um, classical music is what it is always. I don't think that will change, but yes, I think, I mean, I think without without realizing it, definitely somebody in this case of, of what I'm experiencing, like Bill Murray is definitely bringing classical music closer to a lot of people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have maybe been too interested in it, but but not because they didn't like it, but but because it wasn't just part of of uh, of their 
every day or so I, I think I think he's he will I mean through this project it is a way of making it more of more yes more available more real and 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 I guess yes less less distant than sometimes what it, what it could be I guess but I feel there's there has been a movement through these two. I mean, with uh, again to mention Venezuela and the Sistema orchestras to having that uh, a more refreshing face to Gustavo Dudamel and what he did uh, with uh, the orchestras, Jose Antonio Abreu. But but yes, I feel right now in this case, I feel Bill is definitely doing something wonderful too for classical music. What composer has touched you the most? Uh, as I said before, I have uh, I have many favorite composers. Uh, I really I cannot <laughs> I cannot narrow it to one. I would say that when I was younger, definitely Beethoven and Chopin. Definitely, they marked me. I, I feel a special connection, and that's probably why so many of my recordings, uh, uh, the, the the first recordings that I've made were Chopin and, of course, Spanish music. I've always felt a very natural connection to Spanish music. So uh, that's why I made the choices I've made for the first recordings, my, my first solo recordings. I wanted something that I felt like I was speaking very naturally, and, and those are the works that, that felt that way to me. What about a, maybe a pianist? that has been the biggest influence on you? There were a few, but definitely, aside from my mother, Claudia Rao, Martha Argerich were the, the pianists in my early years. Of course, as one grows with the same with music, you, I mean, many composers touch me and move me. Now again, even rock authors, uh, composers move me. Yes, but pianist, definitely Martha Argerich and, and Claudia Rao. Martha for being the woman pianist. Like, she can do that, I can do that. And, and I have to say to Gabriela Montero, the Venezuelan pianist, Gabriela Montero, who's a very close friend of mine, but I, I got to listen to her when I was nine for the first time, and she also marked me very much to, to become a concert pianist. As we mentioned, you're doing these performances these projects new worlds and also your mm-hmm. own your own concerts what mm-hmm. what does it feel like for you the moment before you're about to perform you feel that you're about to a little bit jump out of a building <laughs> so it's uh it's exhilarating it's exciting you know kind of what's going to happen but you never really know until you're in front of yeah, in people on stage and 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 you hope at least I do every time that that I will be able to make that leap into that kind of very strong meditation where you just are one with with the music and what you're doing to to immerse yourself in the character of what you're doing and on just swimming that so it, it feels like you're you're leaping into somewhere unknown that you also know very well, but there's always that unknown feeling of, of life, of life performance, which makes it thrilling and where so much magic can happen. Jan was telling me that before he performs, instead of 
calming down instead of making everything slower. He likes to speed everything up. He wants to <laughs> he, he wants to go on stage with adrenaline. Are you the same or are you more of the classic get calm and get slow? No, I I I feel that I definitely want to be in a state of kind of like as neutral as I can be because I feel that I'm exploding inside. <laughs> so I know that explosion is going to come out the moment I'm sitting down in whichever way, whether it's I'm going through deep waters, deep nostalgic meditative waters or just going for something very fiery. So uh, I feel that I'm, I'm just trying to keep in, in a neutral place because I know the music, I know what, what I've worked on. So it's just a matter of like getting out there and, and, and connecting for me. But there's definitely uh, an excitement, an exhilaration. I feel the adrenaline is there. But I guess in my case, I feel more like I want to get in a as calm and as neutral place because I feel that it's so easy to tap into that connection, uh, that kind of fire, I guess, or meditation once I'm on stage. And you're the pianist for this project. I'm the pianist for it's this project. It's called New Worlds, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's you on piano. It's Mira mm-hmm. Wang on violin, Jan Fogler mm-hmm. on cello, and Bill Murray listed as recitations. Yes, and he and, and, and singer too. <laughs> so, yes. how did you find <laughs> out about this project? Well, I uh, Jan had um, Jan is an, uh, a friend for a few years now. He uh, asked me to do a project with him. Somebody told him that recommended him for me to uh, do tangos with him. Actually, pianist Ingrid Flitter and her manager recommended me to uh, for him to call me because he was looking for a piano for his tango CD with Sony in 2008. So then uh, we got together, we played a little bit, and he said, "You're doing it. <laughs> You're gonna do it." So, so that that was the beginning of our friendship and musical collaboration. After that, we've been we've played together sometimes. I've gone to Maritzburg to his festival and. And that's kind of, that's how my friendship with Jan began. So he told me about the project with Bill about a year and a half ago, that he was thinking about this and whether I would be interested. I'm like, of course. <laughs> so that's uh, how he kind of all got born. What did you think of the idea when he told you about it? I had no idea exactly what he wanted to do, but Jan is such a creative, talented man that I'm like, I'm going to love whatever he has in mind. But I really did not know exactly what this was going to be. But I like I like adventures. I like getting out of the box. Uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, two or three years ago, actually, the Limon Dance Company here in New York invited me to collaborate with them because they, they, they knew I was a solo pianist, mostly collaborating sometimes with chamber musicians, but they wanted me to play the set of the Chopin Mazurkas, and they wanted to dance to it. So um, that, was my, that was also kind of a beautiful, unexpected way of me performing Chopin Mazurkas, because it wasn't me alone. I had to, we had to make this new interpretation of these works 
between their dancing and my playing and come together. When Jan told me about this, of course, I, I know, I know Bill as an actor, as we all do, and so I had a little bit of an idea, but never, not, not to, to the extent of what we're doing now. No idea where, about what we're doing now I had two years ago. And you've returned from Germany, these performances that you all did. How did those concerts go? They went really well. <laughs> it was really amazing, actually. We had an amazing response from the audience. We had a blast. And I think the program is in a, in a wonderful place right now. I think we're, we're getting to know each other before us more and more. So it's a program that is growing all the time and it's expanding all the time. So we're, we have more and more ideas. Bill and Jan have wonderful ideas. So uh, we're having, I mean, the range of, of what we're doing, I feel is so big. We have, you know, there's everything here. There's drama, reflection, uh, humor. I feel you find everything. And it's such a feel-good program, too. I feel you, you will leave our concerts and, and feel uplifted, which is, which is also how we feel on stage and with Bill really fantastic. So it sounds like the show is evolving, it's changing. It's, well, it's all, that, all the time we are creating new ideas for it. We have a set, more or less, program of what we're doing. But of course, you know, there's so much literature and so much music, so and so many things we can do. Bill is also adding, of course, all, uh, his own ideas and, and experiences, as I said, you know, he's uh, he's making me kick the piano bench. He's he's helping us poke fun at ourselves, which as a classical as classical music, musicians, you know, we really never do, at least not in this manner. I mean, to um, juxtapose music with poems and literature the way we're doing is, I have never done. I mean, it's something I never thought of doing, and, and let alone with a with an actor of the caliber of Bill Murray. What piece, whether musical or one of the spoken word pieces or any part of the show, what part of the show do you think is going over the best? Uh, you know, the 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 whole. I feel that the show is uh, well. It's almost a two hour program, so. Um, I feel it's kind of like a, a story, an atmosphere that we are setting from the beginning. So we are kind of taking you on this ride. So I wouldn't say there's one piece. I mean, of course, the humor is the one that we can hear the most, but, but people were, I felt such silence in, and such attention from the audience from the beginning in the more reflective part of the program. I, I mean, we start... Uh, with uh, an interview uh, of uh, Hemingway, and Jan plays Bach. Then uh, Bill recites Walt Whitman. Then we play Schubert with a reading of Cooper that that, uh, Bill is doing. So it first begins in a kind of more reflection, inward manner, but then we, we we go different directions. So you'll be surprised and... And so I, I wouldn't say there's one thing that is the most successful because it's, a, it's like a story which part of the book, yes, you can like one chapter of the book more than others, but 
because of those other chapters, that chapter becomes so powerful. You know what I mean? So it's kind of we're taking you these to, towards this crescendo, the peak of the program, and so every part is is important. But I I think the whole program is is very powerful the way it is right now. And again, we have music-wise, we have from classical to rock, and we have Bernstein, and also the readings and poems are are very varied too. I'm very intrigued because I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> no, you have not. <laughs> so I really hope you come <laughs> to one of them soon. Yeah. <laughs> Was Bill Murray what you expected him to be when you first met him? Um, you know, I I I didn't have a set. I mean, he's such a loved actor that I didn't have a, an idea of how he was going to be. So I was just kind of observing. But I I, I really had no idea how he was going to be. He's, I was so happy he became one of us very quickly. I mean, during rehearsals, he's so humble. He wants input. I mean, we're all, te- we're, we are a team. So um, that was really beautiful to, to find out after everything, after after who he is and where he is, you know. And so uh, he's, he's a very humble artist and, and an extraordinary human being and person, very generous, very kind. So uh, we're just learning a lot from him. That's all I have to say. I, we really are. Our special guest, Vanessa Perez, is a pianist, performing, and recording artist. It's so interesting, the title of it, New World's each of you coming from different continents, the two men and the two women. I wanted you to tell us about Mira Wang. Mira Wang. Well, I met her, too, uh, during the... Because she was part of the CD of Jan's uh, Tango. Uh, So she also performed on that CD. So that's the first time I met her. She's a wonderful violinist from China. And uh, I'm also, I mean, again... She's an extraordinary violinist, wonderful person, Jan's wife, and she has uh, some beautiful... Um, we're playing Ravel in this program together, and and then also uh, Gershwin. And she's, uh, she's uh, also a riot to work with. I mean, again, poking fun at ourselves, we really do. We have a moment where we're just really goofing off the, both, both of us on the piano. She kind of tries to keep me out of the bench, and... And I kind of kick her out, and we're just, and we're being very goofy, and and we're having a lot of fun. But again, with a, with a, she's a musician with a, a huge range of um, emotions, and as a performer, so this is really wonderful. I have to say, um, all of uh, this is a really wonderful team that we have here. What do you hope somebody gets out of seeing this concert, New Worlds, other than just enjoyment? Why well, I, I hope it will elevate that one will feel elevated that life is good that definitely uh, curiosity for for to to find out more about about the music we're playing and and, and for me I mean even as a performer in it but but I have to say I feel that I'm also a bit. Um, of an audience, especially with all this uh, American literature that I never knew I, 
I want to find out more. I want to understand more what is being said. I find some of so many of these readings so moving, and so I have to say every time where we do this show, I understand more and more what the poet is trying to say. And oh, I mean, and with Bill interpreting this, this is this. I mean, what a gift! That's all I have to say. I just feel that if we can all just feel a little bit more elevated from these and more. Again, like life is good. There's so much to learn. There's so much to to still to to be curious about. I think that will be something beautiful to take with you, and to of course feel that contagious feeling of of uh, of happiness of of something really important happened here. Something really moved me here, and to leave people with that will be really wonderful. Uh, I will feel that. As a musician, too, you you feel what can you do for your audience, too. This is probably going to be a difficult question. You've released three solo albums. If you Mm -hmm. had to pick one piece from one of those albums as representative of what you do, (laughs) which one would it be? That's a very unfair question. Uh, well, I have to choose two at least, Paul. You can do that. Okay, for me. which two? <laughs> hmm. Let me say again. This is a very tough question, but let me say uh, Chopin's Fourth Ballad and and El Amor Brujo Falla. And why those two? I feel. Um, in the Faya, that work specifically, there's something, there's that variety of mysticism and the way Faya fuses the, the, the folklore and and this tragedy of the story of what's happening. And I feel this music really, really connects with me and, and, and the sounds that I love to experiment from the piano and and really trying to get that Spanish folklore from the flamenco region, the strongest flamenco region of Spain, and I, I guess the, the force and the, the passion of, of these works. I mean, I, I feel it has such variety that I feel it's just something that I love doing. Hopefully I do it well, but uh, it's one of the things that really, every time I play this work, it gets to me. I get in, in an amazing zone, and I'm with the Chopin Ballad, I feel that it's a ballad that has such range. It really starts from this evocation almost, and and then it really carries this theme and this story to to this explosion at the end, where it's uh, like really um, getting out into the open cliff. Uh, but it really begins from a place of again just medita- meditation and an evocation, and and this melody that just goes on and on and on. It's, it's these variations on this melody that really takes you to this place of just crisis <laughs> but uh and and of course with Chopin's uh, um amazing talent for for melody and and singing melody so i feel these these two things from these two works i, I it's just something these two works really always get to me i just love sitting down and going through the whole story every time 
and it's not always the same, but I, I just love doing it every time. What is the biggest or what is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I have to think about this one. I, I guess I, I, if I'm, I don't know if it's even a compliment, if I'm able to, to feel that somebody truly felt what I was doing and, and uh, can tell me a little bit of what they felt I was trying to do, that is the best compliment. It's hard to remember sometimes, but it's, you never forget how how if somebody uh, was moved and, or felt something in a certain way and, and they got it. So that that is really beautiful. I uh, I played a few months ago a fire for this concert uh, concert here in New York, and someone told me that uh, someone thanked me for jumping to really for really jumping and taking all the risks that I had to take, and and I really felt that was a wonderful compliment. I I was because he feels that way. Sometimes he feels. They kind of have to push yourself and just jump and scary sometimes. But but the, I feel that's the only way that you can also make music, make real music. So that was really beautiful. That's probably one of the best compliments I've gotten lately. That is a great compliment. And with that, you know, there's one side of what you do that people see. But what do you think are some of the, or, or one of the misconceptions about you that maybe people have or misconceptions about what you do? You know, I, I really, I don't think I would, hmm, I don't think I would know that. I would say, I mean, when I first moved to New York, um, like many Latin Americans or Spanish-speaking people, sometimes people think, oh, she, you know, she'll be good in Spanish music, but they don't think elsewhere. So uh, I guess, you know, uh, Sometimes you feel they forget that as a classical music pianist, you've been through it all, you've done it all. So uh, that is the only thing that I that I can think of right now that they think immediately you'll be good just with this thing and not look elsewhere. That happens a lot, I feel, with Spanish-speaking, Latin American-speaking. They feel immediately it's just that box. But I have to say I haven't felt that in a long time. Maybe I felt that a few years ago, but not lately. What do you want other musicians to say about you? <laughs> that I'm an honest musician, that would be really nice, you know, always. that. Uh, again, I, I hope that I can always tell the story and and somehow get it out there and and that I'm an honest artist. That would be... That, will make me happy forever. You've gotten to perform on many stages. Many people dream to one day have an album, and you have a few now. You are getting to travel around the world, but are there any dreams you have for the future that you are looking to make happen? I, uh, you know, I have a beautiful family. Paul, I have a two-year-old daughter, and I just... uh, I guess I want her to experience a little bit with me all the beautiful things that I'm that I am experiencing through my music but I 
obviously I want I want to to be here for as long as I can to to be there for her. So I think that's one of my biggest dreams right now is also to to be able to see her grow up and go for life and 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 be by her side, be close, be close, somewhere close with my husband, obviously, my stepson. What is the best thing about being Vanessa Perez? <laughs> well, <laughs> these are good questions. <laughs> I have a I have a beautiful family. I am I feel very lucky. So uh, my family gives me tremendous joy, and I I feel I'm getting to do even things that I never imagined that are so fulfilling. So. I I think this is the best thing about being uh, everything I just said. I and I guess I'm I'm a pretty positive person in general. So I, I try to to focus on the positive as much as I can. So maybe that's one good thing too. It's my hope that people hear this interview all over the world. You know, uh, <laughs> it's one of the wonderful things and how we are so fortunate in this day and time with the internet is that we can share messages with each other. So for anyone who may be listening to this and whenever they listen to it, they might listen to this 10 years from now for that person who's listening in, what would you say to them? I would say, um, don't give up, keep going for your dreams. And even if your dreams, don't come true the way you thought. You know, I feel that life has incredible surprises of even things that one cannot even fathom. Sometimes I feel life, universe knows better. So to just keep going for things and something good is going to happen. My last question. At the beginning of this interview, I put all of these labels on you. Pianist, recording and performing artist, how would you define Vanessa Perez? Um, well, that I would say that's one aspect of me. I'm also I'm a mother, I'm, I'm a friend, I'm a wife, and I'm very connected with that side of me. I love traveling. I love having fun and giggling, dorky things. So I, I'm, I think I'm many things. So... The musical part is, is one aspect of me, but hopefully I'm more and more willing to reach all, all these other aspects, too. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, it's, Paul. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for, it for having me again. It has been a pleasure. Again. I will try to see this concert in Chicago. I hope so. You, 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 really, you will have an, a wonderful time. You should. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. It was an honor. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Vanessa Perez. Now, about that album contest. It's very simple. If you're listening to this and you want to win a copy of the New World's album featuring Jan Fogler, our special guest Vanessa Perez, and of course Mira Wang and Bill Murray, I will give you one. If you are one of the first people to send me an email, just go to thepaulleslie.com, click on contact, send me an email, 
just write maybe a sentence or two what you thought of the Vanessa Perez interview and your mailing address in case you win. That's it. That's all you have to do. If you haven't subscribed to the Paul Leslie Hour, I hope you consider doing so. It's free to do so. You can do so on, as I mentioned earlier, CastBox. You just go to castbox.fm. Also, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, Acast, and Stitcher Radio. If you haven't already, think about rating and reviewing us. Anytime you rate and review us, it helps other people find the podcast. If you have any comments, you can always call into our listener line and leave a message. The number is 912-376-9529. Thanks again to Vanessa Perez for joining us. And if you haven't checked out her recordings, her solo recordings, I have to say they are absolutely enchanting. I really enjoyed listening to her music and researching this interview. Well, folks, that's all I've got. Until next time. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment. For information, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thank you for being with us. Until next time.